You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, honorary Newfoundlanders. My name is Aaron Michael Ray, and I'm on the North American tour of Come From Away. And welcome to Conversations From Away, a new podcast to encourage dialogue over social issues and topics that we don't speak on enough and are willing to get uncomfortable as a means to learn and grow together. So today I'm joined by some of my lovely, lovely Mm -hmm. castmates uh, from the Come From Away tour. And I would love for you guys to introduce yourself. I'll start with Brandon. Hey, I'm Brandon, and I am a, also a standby on the North American tour. And I'm coming to you from Chicago right now. I'm uh, Nick Duckhart. I play Kevin Jay and others on the North American tour, and I am currently in Queens, New York. Hi, I'm Christine Toy Johnson. I play Diane and others, and I am coming in from New York City in the Heights. Hello, I am Danielle K. Thomas. I play Hannah and others in the tour. I am currently in Jonesboro, Georgia, but I am still a native New Yorker. <laughs> all right. So thank you all so much for joining us on our very first episode. So as we know, 2020 has been a hell of a year with the pandemic forcing us to put come from away and our personal lives on pause as well as staying home and isolate with nothing to do we were reminded how truly precious life is when systemic racism is abundant in everything we do black lives consistently getting murdered at the hands of police and our economy at an all-time low all come forward during a global pandemic enough is enough With everything going on in the world, our Come From Away company came together on a Zoom call to have a very difficult and uncomfortable meeting about systemic racism in our world, our industry, and within our show. As uncomfortable as it was to have this conversation with our company, it was necessary to help each other grow, to be better, and do better. And that's why we're here today. We want to open the door to our listeners and our fans out there so that you can all be in on these conversations as well. All of us have something to learn here, so we're here to do it together. So for our first episode, I will ask our panelists uh, the same question. So the Black Lives Matter movement has been at an all-time high due to the continuous senseless killings and mistreatment of Black Americans. So a question I want to ask you guys, I'll start with Christine. What does Black Lives Matter mean to you, and why should we be talking about this right now? Thank you, Aaron, for starting this conversation with this question. Uh, You know, America is in so much pain right now. 
And as good citizens of the world, we need to listen and respond. And I think for our company, especially our, our Come From Away family, we think about doing this in the Newfoundland spirit with compassion and um, exploration of understanding. Because America may be having this national reckoning on racism and finally understanding why it's so vital to reaffirm over and over again that black lives matter. But you know, the, the really di difficult and terrible truth is that systemic racism and xenophobia has been, have been occurring in this country for literally hundreds and hundreds of years, even before we were called the United States of America. And some of us feel like we've been screaming into the wind over it for, for many years. Some, our allies even, um, are just now uh, facing it and, and thinking about these things. And, and I really believe that it's because they haven't needed to before. You know, they haven't had to live with racism in their everyday lives. Um, just recently, I heard someone very kind and compassionate say something like, we are now looking at racism in our culture. And that really hit me. I, I thought, well, what must that be like to only now be looking at racism in our culture? What must it be like to not live with racism in your day, every, your everyday life? And what I've learned from spending a, a large part of my life advocating for equal rights for artists in this industry is that when you see a divide, you build a bridge and you foster greater understanding of one another and you continue these conversations for as long as it takes to enact change because we're not free until we're all free. We're not equal until we're all equal. And we can't shift perceptions or dismantle assumptions that lead to fear-based prejudice and systemic racism until we hold the mirror up and, and face what the truth is. And always with compassion because the end goal has got to be always unity and equality. And that's why this whole thing is so important to me. I'm so glad that we're here talking. Yes, thank you for saying that. I mean, I think it's it's especially important for the come from away way of leading with compassion. And it's all about kindness at the end of the day. Um, I really love that you said that. Um, how about I shift it over to Nick? Yeah, I mean, this uh, it's, it's so important that we are revisiting this Black Lives Matter movement right now uh, because... I think what's 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 happening, and one of the most beautiful things about what's happening right now is that the younger generations, uh, you know, th those who are in high school or middle school or even younger, are seeing these injustices, and are and then they themselves are being moved by it. So they with start you know starting with our generation, even the generation older than us, and now trickling down, we are becoming more aware of the injustices and realizing that even though we may have been taught certain things from certain voices when we were younger those voices didn't tell us the right information. So we are still here to learn and we're never too old to learn. And that is something that like, I know from a personal standpoint, why it's important to me is, you know, I'm, I'm a Latino male who grew up in Miami in a very Latino community. Um, so I never really experienced racism towards Latinos per se, but uh, you know, th I think there was uh, the, the information that was provided to me about black history, African-American history um, is not nearly remotely accurate to what the actual black experience is in the United States of America. And I think that it, ta it takes 
for people, you know, who maybe grew up in the same community as I did, or even, you know, more, uh, even, you know, more non-black communities to learn, it's, it's acknowledging that no matter how much you think you know, you don't know enough. So seeing what we see on the news, having these conversations that are, you know, can be difficult, but are, are necessary is the only way we can move forward, is the only way that we can really achieve this sort of peaceful understanding that uh, different is, is, is beautiful and we need to take care of each other because of all these beautiful differences that we have, because that's what makes us so special. And we have to be willing to listen. We have to be willing to talk. And the fact that we are still here in 2020 is very sad. But it's also very inspiring that there, there's this huge movement happening. Younger generations want to talk because they themselves are seeing that this is not right. Uh, the injustices towards the black community, it's just not right. And they are spearheading this. I'm so inspired by the younger generations. They are really spearheading this movement. And I'm just happy to, to be another voice and to be another set of ears to listen and learn. So it's, 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 although it's very stressful and, and, and obviously a very dark period for us, it's also very inspiring, I think, as well. I love everything you said about that, um, especially just that even as someone who is a person of color, um, I think for, for all of us, there is something to learn here. And I think that we all are all ourselves are learning something and unlearning something as well. And I think that's a huge part of why we're here having this conversation right now. Daniil. Hi. Well, um, it's funny that you said learning and unlearning because that's what I am really rasping from this, I guess, go round of Black Lives Matter, which is just something that came up later, but this is not a movement that just started with Black Lives Matter that started around 2013. This is something that my people have been, like Christine said, sometimes it seems like to the wind, but we've been having this conversation. We have been sometimes yelling out to officials, representatives, the world, you know, we need help. And it didn't seem like we were being heard, but when the world stood still, the same way kind of 9-11, everything stopped. It stopped on a dynamic way, in a dynamic way because of COVID-19 and it put us all in one place and we were all listening. So our words are now being heard and because of the time, we have so many different ways of communicating. We have cell phones now that are capturing what we have known has been happening for so long and it's being seen by older generations who can make a change who didn't know about it younger generations who are the ones on the floor, on the ground, letting us, you know, sharing it all over the place. So it's getting more global awareness, which is great, I guess, because we need it. But it's a conversation that our community has been having for a long time. So I'm very grateful that the world is now more aware because if you don't know, you can't do. And so, yeah, let's have the conversation. And it's not just a conversation that's uncomfortable for the people who it may seem like we're saying you did this or we need your help. It's also uncomfortable for us. We've been uncomfortable for a very long time. We felt like we've been held down for a very long time. We felt like we've been asking for help for a very long time. And we're uncomfortable too. We've been uncomfortable, but we're uncomfortable um, with things that we've been doing and it hasn't been working. And so now for us too, we're relearning how to communicate better, 
we're relearning how to accept apologies where we felt like they should have been given before. We're learning how we are not being inclusive to other races as well, because a lot of times we felt like we couldn't be. And so the black community and we're learning just as much as the other communities as well. And so what I think is so great about this movement is all of us, not just those in need, the ones that we need are also learning and we can't do it by ourselves. So we can't have the conversation by ourselves. So I think it's amazing and important that it's happening right now when we couldn't do much of anything else, but listen and be aware. And because we are now aware and we're hearing, we can make a change because we need it. We need it. When we were talking as a family before, I think what the Black Lives Matter movement right now in 2020 is doing is something that I mentioned to our family, Come From Away family earlier. In your family, you know, if you have a large family, I'm Westinian, so there's a whole bunch of us. I come from a large family, but you have a whole family, but then you have like little smaller groups. And so it's like brothers and sisters talking. We know that the younger brother broke dad's car. So we're going to talk about it. And then we're going to go tell the oldest sister and brother. And they're going to say, okay, this is how we got to tell mom and dad. And then they tell mom and dad. And then mom and dad are mad. But then mom and dad has to tell grandpa and grandma who the car might be in their name. And then the, the story gets told all over. That's what Black Lives Matter right now is doing in this generation because of the ability to share through um social media and everyone coming together from state to state, city to city, around the world, even when it's not even affecting the country, other countries are speaking out. It's getting told throughout the whole family because at the end of the day, Black Lives Matter is not just about Black lives. Yeah, we're saying that we are hurting in our community and we need help, but all lives matter. We're all one. We're all human beings and we all matter and we need you to help this community that's hurting and so we all are included in this and so now that we're all getting told and we're all able to be a part of it let's help because at the end of the day we're still all human beings and we need each other all right honorary newfoundlanders we'll be right back Something that I think a lot of people are not understanding about this is that when we say Black Lives Matter, people think Black Lives Matter more than blank, more than, the, and that's so not it. Because if there's anything I want anybody to learn from our <laughs> podcast of what we do today, it's that all lives matter, of course all lives matter, all lives matter, but they can't matter until Black Lives Matter as well. So, and like, it's, it's one of those things where we all have to come together because this isn't just a black issue and a white issue. This is, we all need to come together to do this and just help each other out. Because if, a, if some of our, if a community, whether we're involved in that community or not, is struggling, we need to uplift them and help them out. And in this case, it has to do with the black community and we really need to come together. All of us need to come together to do that. So I'm really glad that you stressed that. 
Brandon? Yeah, I mean, I you know, like Daniil said, this the Black Lives Matter movement is not new. It's it's been it's you know it started in 2013, but now, you know, thinking about what it, it means to me now is that for me, it has been a wake up call, um, and uh, you know, a call to action and and awareness and um, you know, it's been a gut check for people you know, like Christine said, that live without experiencing racism. And like myself, you know, I realized that, you know, I consider myself an ally and I've realized there's so much that I wasn't fully realizing and understanding. You know, that I wasn't um, understanding just like the depth of, and like how present and immediate the danger is that that black people face every day in this country. and and um you know the work and the action is the important thing yeah yeah they, i'm i'm glad that you said that too because action is the main thing that we're trying to do here i mean you can donate to whoever you want to donate that's always great you can always post about a lot of things but it's the actions um that have to do with that that actually make a difference and that actually progress and make things better to me i i feel like when I, when I think of Black Lives Matter, I don't, I think the minimum of it is, you know, stop killing us at the hands of the police when we're unarmed or, you know, like, I don't want to be a hashtag. I don't want to be trending on Twitter for being another case of a Black man dying in this world at the police or just in general and no one caring about it. But I think... I think what's interesting about it, kind of like relating it to our industry, I think something that I struggle with just as a Black actor is that I sometimes struggle with finding validation that's, or I, I struggle with trying to differentiate um, saying that, you know, oh, well, if I want to be successful, like I need this like white validation in order to do that and i need i i need these certain white people to make me feel validated so that i can be in this role or do this show or whatever it is and when really i think it it shouldn't be that way at all and it it kind of it hurts me to even kind of admit that because i think it's very easy when, when we're in the industry that we're in that's predominantly run by you know white people it's hard to feel like, you know, if I did a production that had an all-black cast somewhere, like, would it have that same, um... Reach. Reach, yes. Like, I don't know, it, it, it's hard to say because if it only, um, if it's not, if, if someone who's not involved in that community can't see it fully for what it is, then it's hard for us to validate ourselves if it's not being validated by a white perspective. And so I know that I can be kind of guilty of that, but I think this whole movement recently has brought me to realize that it's not just, a, we don't just need the white validation in order for us to feel successful or to feel like we're doing something important. So one more question that I wanna ask for each of you. Um, if there is one active thing you could encourage our listeners and our fans to do during this time, to support the Black Lives Matter movement, what would that be? 
Do you want to call on people or do you? Oh, <laughs> Christine, you can go ahead. You can go first. <laughs> well, there are so many things. There's so many things. But I would say for one thing, I would I would encourage us all to stay curious and engaged with the many, many different resources that are out there that um, can help us learn more and more. Um, I think getting the historical context behind why the Black Lives Matter movement is essential, anti-Black legislation throughout history, um, these things are are, are are available to us. I'm going to give us a shout out. A, here's a here's a, a shortcut to a, a resource that I think is especially um, enlightening and um, and easy to listen to. My very good friend Robert Barry Fleming, who is the artistic director of Actress Theater of Louisville, started a podcast called Borrowed Wisdom. It, you can Google it. It's uh, on uh, Apple Podcasts and all kinds of things. Um, the first two episodes alone. Um, which are illuminate uh, historical context about redlining, uh, racial capitalism, um, and also how uh, communities have come together to heal after protest. Uh, they are so illuminating and give so much context and insight into uh, a lot of what has been going on for all of these years. I highly recommend it. Thank you, Christine. Um, Brandon, do you have anything? To uh, yeah, I'm <clears throat> mine. I was trying to think of something uh, specific that I that I could give. I would say it's to take agency over your your education in this in in your learning about this. And I'm speaking, you know, for, for, for people that consider themselves allies, particularly. I mean, like Christine said, to engage with the innumerable resources that we have. Like the one that I can specifically think of is uh, it's a podcast called Throughline, and it's an NPR podcast, and they do an episode called. Um, American police and it takes you through how the American police came to be and um, you know I think this this racism that we're fighting is systemic right and the more we understand what we're fighting the better we're going to be able to fight it and um, you know for allies this you know the more we know and the more we understand how we're complicit the better we're able to recognize it and change it. So that's, yeah, that's what I would say. Yeah, I think um, something that a lot of people who are, um, who are allies, I think they're starting to realize that when we say systemic racism, we don't just mean, you know, slaves are the ones who built the White House. And, you know, it started from the beginning of America, because it definitely has been happening, like Christine said, for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. And so, if it if it starts if that's how america is created then that means it trickles down to everything else in every industry not just our own you know the broadway community like it's in every single business or every single organization and so when you open your eyes to that and you realize you know like for instance like some higher ups maybe in your company are predominantly white you know like that's when you kind of that's when that moment kind of happens of, oh, I'm really seeing how this isn't just within my community or within my bubble, like this is happening everywhere. So that also means, you know, if you can, if once you notice that, if you see anything happening, then you, some people feel a certain way about protesting. And I feel like protests are always great. I encourage it if it's right for you, but 
if you, but I also think another way of protesting is calling out some sort of racism that's happening within your communities, because then mm -hmm. if it trickles down from the, if it trickles down from our systemic racism, then that, what you do to counter that will also trickle down in our own communities. So mm -hmm. I think it's really important to, you know, say something or just not be silent. Um, Nick, do you have anything to add? Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, you know, I, just to piggyback what you were just touching base on, Aaron, you know, one of the things that I have tried to spearhead myself is to try to learn as much as I can, not just about the, the major historical uh, instances of, of black oppression, but things like the microaggressions that black people deal with on a daily basis, whether it be at a, you know, in the workplace or in society as a whole, and, and kind of learning more about that. And then when I get, and then be, sorry, be uh, willing to learn and also be willing to challenge as a result. So when people approach you and say things like, and I've heard this, it's, it's not so bad. I don't get what the big deal is. Like black people don't have it that bad. Actually, have you ever lived a single day as a black person? And most often the answer is no. And I'm like, then you have absolutely zero ground to stand on to make that sort of statement. And here's why. <laughs> so being, being willing to have these conversations with people, in my opinion, get in and hopefully get them to change their opinion, get them to get them to be more understanding, uh, get, uh, get them to be willing to learn more um, is, is such a, a powerful tool uh, because if we can change one person's mind, then that person can change another person's mind, and that person will want to educate another person, and it starts a chain of events where eventually everybody can be more understanding and more, um, more, more willing to to be honest with themselves and be willing to do their part to make sure that we can all live in a cohesive society. Um, and I think that that is it. All starts with really educating yourself. Uh, for the from the whole spectrum of what the black experience is for for those of us who who are not black, uh, because you know, like I said in my previous answer, as much as we think we know, we really don't know nearly enough, and it's up to us to want to learn more. And the more we learn, and the more we spread our knowledge, the the better this will be for for the entire world, in my opinion. Oh, I I completely agree with that. So thank you for saying that, Daniil. Um, it's, it's hard to pinpoint one thing, but a lot of us are saying at the core, the same, um, and it's to be aware, which is kind of what I was saying before. Um, but I would just ask if we would all be open, be open to do, be open to be, I can only compare it to myself. Um, you know, wanting to have, be around kids and want kids, you know, to learn about what they need. You have to put yourselves in that kid's position. You know this, but this is what this kid doesn't know or knows. And so you have to put yourself in another position to understand what they're feeling in order to help them. I recently got married at 40. I've been in this world doing my own thing for 40 years, my husband for 41 and change. We have to understand where the other person is coming from in order to make a collective, like cohesive bond. And so we have to be open. We have to be open to understanding this hurting community. And in order to be open, you can't be in your own feeling. Like I can't put myself first. My husband and I, we talk about how it's three of us in this marriage, us each in Christ. 
and we don't have ourselves first. We put the other person first and God and then us. So we have to put the other people ahead of us. So black people, even though we're hurting and we're angry and we don't even want to listen sometimes, we have to listen because we need the help. People who aren't black, listen to black people. Put yourselves in that position. Be open to hearing them and do what you can to help. So let's just be open to do. We can't do that if we're so closed and we're so stuck in our own ways. Um, we can just learn from the vulnerability and the bareness of letting go of it all and being open so that we can do better. So I would say let's be open, open to do so we can make a change. Thank you for that, Daniil. So as we all know, uh, Come From Way is about people coming from all over the world to help each other in a time of crisis. And we may be living in a global pandemic, but we can still find ways to come together and keep this conversation going. Uh, so before we end this episode, something we're going to do at the end of every episode is give a shout out to an organization that uh, is significant to us that we want to donate to. And I know Christine has a lovely organization that we can donate to. So Christine, would you like to take it away? Thank you. Yes, there are many ways to support this organization. It's called Color of Change. It's the nation's largest online racial justice organization, and they create strategies for how you can create change and respond to specific issues that are going on in in various communities. I'm just gonna read this little blurb from their website because they can say it better than I can. Um, so they say, we help people respond effectively to injustice in the world around us. As a national online force driven by 1.7 million members, we move decision makers in corporations and government to create a more human and less hostile world for black people in America. So check it out, it's colorofchange.org. You can either donate money or if that's not a, if it's not a good time for you to donate right now, you can find out how you can support issues with signing petitions or finding out other, um, other different community actions uh, that will help uh, create change. Thank you, Christine. Thank you so much for listening on our very first episode of Conversations from Away. A portion of our ad revenue will be going towards the Color of Change organization for this episode. Please tune in for our next episode on voter suppression, and we'll see you next time. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> 